Well, I think I'm looking at the three toughest people in Lions, the three toughest Catholics in Lions right now. We'll have to record this for the others who aren't here. We'll record it to them, for them. Uh, so we, we finally finish the Epistle to the Romans, Paul's Epistle to the Romans. It's been four weeks going through Romans. And Paul kind of wraps things up here at the end. Uh, chapters 11 through 16, are, I'm sorry, 12 through 16 are his final uh, practical advice to the Romans. And today we also celebrate the Feast of St. Leo the Great. It's a very important pope from the 400s. So a long time ago, 1,500 years ago, uh, he did a lot of important things. Well, St. Paul here says, um, notice a few things here. Christ has accomplished certain things through him as an apostle. He's led the Gentiles to obedience to the gospel, and he's done this by the power of signs and wonders. So St. Paul worked miracles as a confirmation that what he was saying was from God. And it's very important to know that uh, the apostles play a very unique and irreplaceable role in the church. Um, they lay the foundation of the church, and no one else can lay uh, such a foundation. It's impossible. Okay, So no one can replace what the apostles did. And he says... I've, in, I've endeavored to uh, preach the gospel where it hasn't been preached before so that I do not build on another's foundation. And uh, as I said in previous homilies, Paul's epistle to the Romans is very unique because in his other epistles, he's writing to churches that he himself founded. And so he is intervening pastorally in their affairs because he has the right to because he's their, their founding father. The Romans, it's not like that. He's not, you know, intervening in their affairs. It's not a pastoral letter. It's an opportunity for him to reflect on the mysteries of the faith and the big picture um, vision of Christianity. And so it's very unique. And uh, that's because, very likely, St. Peter had already been to Rome and had already laid the foundation there, and Paul was not wanting to build on another's foundation. Okay, so he's not going to butt in where, you know, there's another pastoral authority present, another apostolic authority who's already uh, kind of has the right to to um, intervene in that situation. So this is not Paul's job, and he's he's approaching them uh, in a very different manner than that uh, than a pastor would. But the apostles we see work together: Paul, Peter, the twelve apostles, and other not very famous or well-named apostles, but they all work together to not build you know, separate foundations, even though they respected each other's sort of territory and jurisdiction, but nonetheless they were still, in the end of the day, working together to build the one foundation that is the Catholic Church. And uh, St. Peter uh, was the chief apostle, and so the office and the ministry that he exercised is totally unique in the history of the Church, and then the bishops that would succeed him would take up that ministry and kind of carry it on. But all the bishops that succeeded the apostles, whether it be Peter or the other apostles, they, they're, they're not completely identical to apostles. They're not. They don't lay the foundation. The apostles come in and they work miracles, and these miracles testify to the truth 
of what these apostles are saying and doing. Uh, they testify in the guarantee that it's God that's behind this whole activity. And then from there on out, the pastors that succeed the apostles, they simply carry on what has already been done, and they maintain what has already been done. That's their job, just simply to stay faithful to that foundation that's already been laid and not to stray from it or deviate from it. That's the task not just of the pastors but the rest of the church for the succeeding ages until Christ come again. And so this is where we're at. Uh, I don't work miracles, okay? So, uh, but I am... I represent a church that has as its foundation the miraculous as a divine testimony to the truth of this church that we're all a part of. Um, and St. Leo, Pope Leo, played that role, that role of an apostolic successor, wonderfully. He was incredibly faithful to what had been laid down. Primarily, is the teaching of God and of Christ. The Trinity and the uh, incarnation of God, the incarnation of the second person of the Trinity, Jesus Christ. What's the relationship between Jesus' humanity and his divinity? Uh, is Christ really fully a human being? What does that mean? So forth and so on. Those are very, very important questions. And Pope Leo, because of the controversies of that day, because those truths were imperiled and they were in danger, of being lost, he fought very hard, uh, both through his writing and through his political activity and through his pastoral activity and his social activity and everything else, he fought very hard to defend those truths. So he is an example of uh, great fidelity to the work of the apostles that had gone before him. And so for us, my brothers and sisters, we might not have to fight huge theological battles or... Uh, anything of the sort, but we, no less than Pope Leo, have to be faithful to what has been given to us. Uh, do we believe that our religion is something that we can just kind of create from the ground up? You know, the, I love the Italian's phrase, is a fidete, is a do-it-yourself religion, you know. So when I was in Italy, the priests would say a lot of times, you know, these Italian Catholics, they, they're always into the fidete religion, meaning that... They just, they come to church and they like being Catholic and they like, you know, putting the crucifix on their, on their wall and their home and they like their rosary, you know, somewhere at least. It's got to be somewhere around the house. But they do what they want to do and they believe what they want to believe. And they, it's a do-it-yourself religion. Uh, but isn't that so true though for, for us American Catholics? Americans in particular, I'm not going to follow what anybody says. I'm going to do my own thing. I'm going to think for myself. And in the name of a kind of independent thinking, what you're doing is a, a, a very grievous failure to be faithful to what God has already done for us through the apostles. So do we truly believe, do we make, it, make an effort to try to understand what the faith is that we have received, not the faith that we have created? Faith has already been laid. The apostles laid it down. All of our Catholic brothers and sisters and the previous popes and bishops for 2,000 years have been faithful to transmit, to give to us, to preserve to us what God through the apostles gave us. Do we just throw all that out and say, ah, that doesn't mean anything, it's not worth nothing? 
I don't care. I'm receiving this humongous gift, this huge heritage, this huge patrimony, and I just let go of it because I don't care about it, and I'm just going to make up my own religion. I'm going to believe what I want to believe. Oh, you know, I believe X, Y, and Z, but you know that whole thing about whatever sexual morality issue it might be that's a hot-button topic today? Forget about that. That's stupid. How could the church teach that? That's dumb. Oh, I know better than than 2,000 years of Catholic thought. I mean, is that the kind of attitude that we have? If so, uh, this is uh, a very serious failure on the part of Catholics. We all together, along with St. Leo and all the other great saints, we have the, the job of taking this precious heritage and passing it on. Not building another foundation, but resting upon that which has already been given to us and being proud of it and understanding it and learning it, learning our faith, transmitting it to the next generation and defending it and speaking about it. Uh, so this is what I believe uh, we can take away from today's scripture readings today.